Episode 62 of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast. And we are talking about one of the hardest 50Ks in the country. It's home to that famous Yellow Gate, the Barkley Fall Classic. This race is just a taste, a nibble of what it's like for the Barkley Marathons. On the chat, we've got the real deal, the one and only Melody Deal. And she's joined by Scott Hoover and now four-time finisher Cole Batali. So let's just jump in and hear all about this crazy, gnarly, and wild course and why it eats its young. All right, the yellow gate. Taken. Here you go, grab that tree. <laughs> Good job, Daddy. Good job, Cole. Howdy. All right, back again for another one. I'm going to say I'll probably be a returning customer a few times with all the races I've registered for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Melody, you've got Pinhody coming up. I've got uh, the Sandsfer 50K. I'm doing a backyard in Tennessee in January. Beer 51 miler in North Carolina. Don't have anything yet in April. And then I've got called Keys 100 in May. And then hopefully I'll get into Badwater and that'll be my July race. Hey, Scott. What's up? When is the Keys? Which day? That's the 14th, I believe. Cole wants me to do it. Maybe I'll do Keys next year. Hello. Hey, you made it. Oh my gosh, it's about time. (laughs) I I am not tech savvy. How you doing, man? Good. How are y'all? Tired. Yep. I hear that. Oh, I know. I'm good. (laughs) I didn't run Barkley or the, you know, the Barkley Fall Classic. So my legs are totally not scratched up right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Oh, this. Crashes are gone. Yeah, they were <laughs> killed within like four days for me. Yeah, they went quick. That's always a fun part. It's like a little extra trophy you get to take home. That was the one part of my legs I didn't cover up, and that was the one part that got scratched up. It was great. Yeah. I bought some leg protectors, and they're like compression things, and I was like, ah, I'm not wearing them. Probably would have saved my legs and my muscles. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I saw Courtney and Maggie posted what shorts they wore to their Barkley event. I'm like, okay, I'll just get a pair of those. And then I just got, you know, arm cooling sleeves to protect my arms. And it's pretty good for the most part. Yeah, Scott, you learn better from Skunk Ape. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough people that went through before me that wasn't too bad. <laughs> That's why you hang back with the mid pack. Let the, the fast ones get first. <laughs> The first three guys were like green with stickers. The, the, the green thing. I finished, but I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't take the easy way out. You gave it your best. Oh, man. That was a brutal race. I'm still emotionally recovering from that. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I loved it. I just, I don't know. Was that your first time? Yeah, that was only, I've done Quest and that one, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that was my first time, too. You hear right. the story. 
but you never actually know the stories until you experience it and it was it was a wild ride yeah well that, the, the only thing that really smoked me was that chimney top it just beat me down Dude, the rest of it was easy that was the first climb too i was that was why that was that was tough yeah, it was well. It never ended. It was like four or five miles of it. I'm like, God, I got. I could get about a mile before I would, you know, my heart would be through the roof. Oh yeah, I had sticks as hiking poles, and I was using those babies. Yeah, I had some on the other ones. But yeah, I guess we could kick it off with you know a little bit about yourselves that run history, and you know, I mean, I know for Scott, he just jumped in the race directing game. Yeah, do you want me to go? Might as well lead us off. <laughs> All right. Well, I think. I can't remember when I first started running. I, I eased into it, but I got serious like the end of 2018, I think, somewhere in there. And I just went out and run as fast as I can, as far as I can, and then walked home, you know, two miles at like 7.30 pace or something. I didn't know what I was doing. And then actually hooked up with Cole. You know, I was running, doing races, and Cole sent me a message, said, hey, come run with us. And we went out and did hills in Lakeland. And then I spent a lot of time with Cole. You know, I got to Cypress Gardens Boulevard and run with them. And they were way out of my league, but I just would do what I could until I died. And he's the one that brought up Barclays to me. He's like, he he, he knew what I liked and running and stuff. So he's like, you need to do this race. This is made for you. And that year I didn't get in. I was doing something else, but I applied the next year, which got me in the one we just did. So I was basically there because of Cole, I didn't see the movies or anything. I mean, I did after, you know, he told me about it, but he was the one that introduced me to it and then got there and got to run with him. That was pretty awesome. So that's kind of me. It's either a thank you, Cole, or, well, hey, now it's Cole's fault. <laughs> no, it's thank you. I'm going back. <laughs> I'll take that blame, though. <laughs> that's a good one he's always telling me oh you should hate me i'm like no nah, man i love it Let's thanks go. for the dnf pro right <laughs> <laughs> well that's Anytime. my time <laughs> uh i started running nine years ago and i didn't really i started doing marathons and then i hooked up with a training group here in gainesville 2016 the rate the my coach was a race director for uh, gate to gate at the time and i did gate to gate in 2017 and then I didn't really do any more ultras until 2019 and did gate to gate again. And then I started bumping up the distance. I did Iron Horse, the 100K, and then two weeks after to Death at Dupuy and did my first 100 there. And then the pandemic set in and just kind of ran. And then I did a lot of 50Ks, but then I had my eye kind of always kind of had it on Tahoe. And then I finished, it was able, I got in the first round and uh, 2020. Then, of course, it was canceled. And then it was rescheduled for June of this year. So I, finished that in june and then you know of course everybody talks about barkley so i came in the hat to go didn't get in two years ago get in this year got in and it definitely lived up everybody says about it got a marathon finish so i'm proud of that it was a gritty tough course so so i i got into running i guess it was about 2011 and i started off with you know the 5ks and then friend of mine would say hey you should come run a marathon so i went and ran the final gasparilla marathon um and did okay and then i kind of stuck to road racing and marathoning for for quite some time my first ultra was also um like melody gate to gate patrick gallagher um i blame him for everything i've done in the ultra running sphere because he's a bad influence on me um <laughs> by bad influence i mean a great influence but <laughs> but <laughs> so gate to gate was the first one 
um and uh you know it was a lot of fun and so from there but i like roads so from there i i went and i think i ran the keys 50 miler as my next um ultra and i've bounced around on a lot of different things from there different terrains back to the keys again obviously barkley this was my fourth time there um blame that on patrick too because he's the one that told me i should go run that <laughs> um but no barkley is barkley's fun it's different than anything that i that i really enjoy i actually prefer the roads i perform a lot better on the road but barkley any kind of trail race is really just for me it's just to go try to finish type type event so it takes the pressure off of really trying to uh you know, push for a good time or anything like that. Just enjoy it and get to the finish line. So that's that's what I like about Barkley and trail racing in general. Yeah, so it's cool that you've all now done Barkley together. Two of you have done gate to gate, but all of you have been out there at the Sandspur. <laughs> Does yeah. the Sandspur have any correlation to, no. to Barkley? No. 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 <laughs> it's, it's just different worlds. Totally different type of suffering. Totally. It's, it's different, <laughs> but I think I think it does prepare you for it a little bit um, because Sandspur, Trident, you know, I kind of loop them together there. They're awful in their own sense, and you have to be a certain kind of uh, glutton for punishment to get out there and, and take those things on. So I think with Barkley, you got to be a glutton for punishment too. So I... I think just the learning to suffer and um, do something that normal people wouldn't really want to do. There's a correlation there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's just being a, a glutton for punishment. Kind of like a masochist, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it is, I guess. <laughs> the more something you like that, or you thrive. And that's just how I think. You just got to keep, it's more of a mind game, really. You just got to keep pushing your knowing that you're going to finish like there you, you can't have any sort of doubt in your mind because you let that doubt creep in and you're you, you want to get on the bus of disgrace and when you're looking up at ratchel saying i don't want to suffer anymore you just you, you have and the nice thing about barkley too was just the people there we're all in it suffering together like you're not quitting i i wound up hooking up with like six girls at the bottom of ratchel and we just pushed each other up and i honestly probably would have gotten on the bus had it not been for them so it, it's it's just mind over matter for those kind of things. I, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I agree a hundred percent because there were so many times, especially this year where I could have quit. I wanted to quit. I, I was resigned that I was quitting at least twice. And it, it's a little thing that, that keeps you going. One time it was, it was just a guy giving me a bottle that I needed because I, I couldn't get my hydration vest open and um you know the, the the bladder wouldn't open for the second time and it was completely jammed and the guy just happened to be there and he gave me a soft flask otherwise i wouldn't have finished and then another time it was a conversation with the guy as we were getting ready to go back up rat jaw that just pushed me to you know keep going in spite of everything going wrong that day <laughs> yeah he had some chances to quit i i I did. <laughs> I mean, like legitimate chances. Too. <laughs> I almost got pulled from the race. If, so. Yeah, <laughs> he, he said, "You want a bandage? I got to pull you." He's like, uh, "I don't want to do that." <laughs> <laughs> and then we talked some other guy into giving us some tape. 
<laughs> if you didn't know Cole took a pretty nasty fall it's the worst one I, ever, I probably would have quit I'm pretty- still not I'm still not healed from it I still have you know gabs on my hands from from that that fall on uh, coming down Bird Mountain that was only about six miles in so oh my god you got a long way to go and then it <laughs> <laughs> didn't get any better from there the rest of the day was pretty but challenging your- so when that lady at the top of Ratchel took your you have like blood all over your face and your neck that would have made for a really good picture dude Oh man, I know. I should have. I should have been more photogenic. <laughs> oh man, I murdered myself and buried, had just gotten done burying myself after that race. Good lord. I guess with that, so what made you decide on doing the Barkley Fall Classic? Because Scott kind of alluded to blaming or thanking Cole, but I know from what I've heard, like this is one of the hardest fifty k's in the country. I would agree. Yeah, it's more just bad, you know, being around bad influences and saying, "Oh, you you did that, I'll do it too." How bad could it? So it was just more of peer pressure at that point. Yeah, for me, it was initially um, just the challenge of it. I thought would be would be interesting. Patrick Gallagher, uh, we'll keep mentioning him because he is the reason that I went to it the first time. I ran it, and I ran with him the first two times I was there, and I was terrified of getting lost. And but I knew that he knew the trail, so I, I stayed with him. Third time I went up there, he didn't show up, and so I was terrified that I was going to get lost again. But I didn't. And then by this time, I actually felt confident that I knew where I was going, that I could navigate the course. Um, and so that fear was gone, but all the other problems and fears are still there. But it's uh, there's something to it. There's something to want to go do something that's that's tough. Was it different for you, Cole, um, just in different years? I know they switched the course up when, you know, just a little bit, but did that throw you off at all when you ran it alone? Um, no, not really. I mean, I knew how to navigate the course. Um, you know, seeing the map every year is uh, exciting. In 2020, we didn't get the map until we showed up at the park the morning of the race. <laughs> that was, and then that was two times up Ratjaw, one right after the other. So Not. you literally climbed Ratjaw went down uh, the uh, coal road trail or something that's that's right there. It was also disgusting, but you went all the way back down to the bottom of Ratchel at the prison, and then you went right back up it again. Um, but that was my best time there. The, the course was shorter. Mm-hmm. But you just had the Ratchel two times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, th- I, I got to be honest. When I saw the course this year – I didn't really think that it was going to be as challenging as it was, but I would say by far, this is probably the most challenging course that I've ever done. Cause going up, going up meth lab was ridiculously hard in my opinion. And going down rat jaw was also a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I just got on my butt and slid in the dirt slide. I got down way faster than, you know, trying to walk and I was falling. I kept falling on my butt. I'm like, you know what? I'm on my butt anyway. I'm just going to keep, Sting on my butt and go for a slide and you avoid the briars that way and it was great i had fun going down i didn't have yeah. after, <laughs> after my after my big fall um early in the race i was very tender about everything so i was i felt like i was like a toddler moving along <laughs> i just kept stepping on every you know every little loose rock and they're all slippery and gross i, I just kept on like I was so I was so cautious. I moved so slow. I was just telling anybody and everybody, "Hey, you can go right by." Like you know, because I I didn't want anybody putting pressure on me from behind. 
I was just going to move at my own pace and that's what it was going to be. That's what I do. Like if they want to go by, they want to go your bicycle dreams, go for it. I'm not going to, I don't want to push myself any worse. I was already going to be. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what you got to do. You, you just have to move along at your own pace and don't really, you know, let anybody get you out of your, your strategy. Like I told Scott early, like I, I, I don't descend well on any, on a good trail. Like I can't go downhill. I, I'm awful. I can go uphill fine, but I can't go down. So when, when we climb, I pass people and then we're coming down, there's a freight train of people behind me and I just let them go by. But my strategy, you know, I have a formula for, for what I need to do to finish. And I just try to stick to it and don't get out of it. Because if I do, that's when I do stuff like try to run too fast downhill and, and then slide across rocks. <laughs> that's not fun. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> I'm just going to say everything Cole said about Patrick just did that to him because <laughs> he <just laughs> explained my story basically through he just passing it down as we go. Then he's and, the root of the problem, right? Because yeah, it's so he was the, and yeah, it's he was all <laughs> tangent way to, to, to him being the problem. Hey, Al, Al, Vin, Al Vinge signed up. Barclays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. another one of them is just going to keep moving down the ladder. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned like the briars, some mud and all that kind of stuff. And I guess before we jump like actually into the race, I know the Barkley Fall Classic is like designed to give the runner a taste of like the Barkley marathons and all of that. But what's it actually like out there? You know, how are the trails? You know, how many briars are there really out there? I'll start with this. <laughs> so this race is this 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 Laz, the guy who designed it. He 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 does it. It's not like he just picks trails. He's he's got some kind of strategy. It just beats you up and it gets harder and harder. And as soon as you're ready to break, it gives you a little break, gives you some nice stuff. And then it just gets harder. And it just it's just like nonstop. Somebody asked me to compare Quest to Barclays, and I said Quest is a beautiful race. It's gorgeous. It's hard, but Barclays is a boxing match, and it's something you just you just you're fighting the thing the whole time. I mean, they're both hard, just in their different, totally different races. But you get through Barclays. The Rat Jaw, when I was coming down, it wasn't horrible. The, I mean, the Briars are there, but they're big, and it, they're pretty much beat down. I mean, you get ripped up. I got mostly around my ankles, like front of my feet, because I didn't have long socks, which I will next time. Um the the hardest part for me was uh, a trail called Chimney Top and it, it the Rat Jaw Mephilav and all that it wasn't really too bad I mean they were hard really hard but it was like probably Cole what do you think that's like three and a half miles straight up no switchbacks Chimney Top mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's not a whole lot of switchbacks yeah and it's just it, it's so long and it just it just never ends and that killed me. So the other stuff was hard. Off trail stuff, it's, it's, it's nasty, but I mean, I've done some other races. Or, I mean, even your race with the briars we had there, it wasn't three miles of it or two miles or whatever we did, but it still rips you up. Um, the testicle spectacle, I was kind of like, why do they call it this? Because I think we went up it first, and then when we went down it, then no, I. No, we, we, went, we went down that. And then down first and then up it okay yeah. well anyway i was sliding <laughs> down it and if you didn't have your foot in the right spot 
Yeah, I, I know why they call it that. <laughs> I, always, I was like, why do they call it that? And I figured it out. You had to get your heel like up under your in-between. And if you didn't, you'd be in trouble. So that, that, those areas where it was really steep, it's, it's super hard, but it's, it's doable. I'm still trying to wrap my, my head around this, this race. It was, it was a gorgeous course. I enjoyed the scenery. Uh, well, from what I, because most of the time my head was down trying to cl- either climb down or climb up the mountains and whatnot. But the switch, I like the switchbacks in the very beginning. As once you kind of got to like that aid station at like mile five ish or so, then it was just kind of down for a while down the the switchbacks and then to the yellow gate and then you went somewhere else. I don't know. I can't read maps. I d- had no idea where I was at. I was just playing Miss Congeniality so I could just kind of tag along with everybody else who sort of knew where they were going to. So it was, I enjoyed the course. It was, you know, I sweat a lot. That's why I looked so dirty. I don't, I wouldn't, there was a couple of muddy spots, but it wasn't muddy like last year's debacle of the whole rain and the storm and the mud slides and everything like that. But I thought it was a great course. I, I was just pushing cutoffs. I realized eventually I wasn't going to make the 50K, so I, I was even pushing the marathon cutoffs. And I once we got down testicle, we had 26 minutes left, and then we got back to the prison. I had sick before the nephew, and then I got back to the aid station right at the top of uh, – you, you go up to the fire tower, you got your bed punched, and it, I don't know how far it was to the next aid station, but I got down there with one minute left, and one minute was all it took to stay in the game, and then it was just basically a downhill bomb until you got back to the finish line, and I enjoyed it you know, in a masochistic way. I, I didn't sign up for next year just because of race schedule, but – I might go back. You never know. You had one minute to go on your time. You were probably right behind me because I, I got to last with three minutes to go. I I got to that aid station at 629 and they, they would pull you at 630. Yeah, I was there at six, 627. So you were you were you were booking it. You had to have been because I was. Yeah, I think I don't know. Pace wise, I probably was going about eights down the mountain. I was booking yeah. it. I had just had another caffeinated gel, and I don't do caffeine on a good day. So when I do, ever ready, bunny. (laughs) (laughs) We made it. Let's go. We don't have to climb any more mountains. Let's run. (laughs) It wasn't fun going back up. No, it wasn't. But it was (laughs) y'all are funny. Loving the downhills. I was dreading them. (laughs) I break that race up into different like segments, though. You know, because you got the trail section early for the first i don't know however many miles it was this time like 16 or so and then you went down ratchall so like you had trails all the way to there and then ratchall up meth lab down testicle up testicle down meth lab up ratchall again and it's kind of like two separate races in a way (laughs) the trail stuff and the off trail stuff yeah and kind of once you get back like you know once i once i once I got back to the top of Ratchaw, I I was determined. Well, before that, I had determined I was going to, you know, go for the finish, try to finish. But once I got up there, I thought, well, now I can actually do it. But it took me forever to get from the fire tower to Laz at the decision point. Like, forever. Because I basically just walked all the way. And <laughs> time was just ticking off. And I, I couldn't believe how much time passed. I got to the decision point and Laz looked at me and he goes, that marathon's looking pretty good, right? And I was like, no, just punch my bib. I'm going <laughs> to go for the 50K. I'm, I'm out of here. So I took off running up the road. And you run a pretty pretty good 
I don't know, three quarters of a mile, maybe, yeah. maybe a little more even yeah. up to bird mountain trail. And then I, I passed so many people on the road running up there. I was running cause I knew once I started going back down again, you know, I'm going to move like a snail. So I passed tons of people going up the switchbacks. I was counting them out. Uh, cause I, I think there's 14 up to the top. And then we got to go over to the, uh, Cumberland trail and you got to do the, uh, the, uh, um, Oh gosh, what are they called? The Pillars of Doom, which are in the Big Barkley, and they've never well, they did them last year in the uh, Fall Classic, but I had never been on them, and I had always wanted to. They were not um, super awesome when I got there, but it was still cool to go over top of them, and then kind of went down to the finish. But it, it just took forever. It just took so long for me to get to the finish line, and I couldn't believe it when I I had to pull my headlamp out um, with like half mile because i couldn't see the trail anymore i was like a half mile from the finish and i had a guy from behind me just like going my back and get my headlamp out for me and we just kind of walked it in but yeah i mean the course is beautiful um until you get the briars and there's some beauty in the briars but i think the worst like one of the most annoying things to me and i don't know if y'all experienced this was like you're moving along okay in the briars or you know you'd be going downhill in the briars and something will reach out and grab your leg, and all of a sudden you'll have one of these things wrapped around your ankle, and you're trying to get it get it free, and you know, you know get a cramp in your leg or something like that. Just trying <laughs> to do some sideways motion thing that you would yeah. never do. Three <laughs> yeah. hours, Cole. I I once I once was, and this was 2020. I was, you know, butt sliding down a hill and um on meth lab. I was moving along pretty good. And a briar got my ankle and it like pulled my leg and I don't stretch. It pulled my leg like up near my hip, like my ankle was by my hip. It was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. And I just get mad at the course when that stuff happens. I just get angry. There's nothing you can do about it. And you question, or I do, why am I out here? What am I doing? But you sign up again. <laughs> dude i quit it's at mile 15 literally on chimney top i'm like i'm done as soon as i get to the next spot and then i got a little downhill yeah something keeps you coming back i don't know what it is that's the biggest thing it's just getting past the fuck phase of a race <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you're it's, right it's true i mean <laughs> it's all in your head i mean it's, it's it's super duper hard not anybody can do it but most people can do it you just gotta I think I, I I really do think that Laz is trying to make it um, harder every year. Yeah, he's trying to lower that finishing rate. And and this course was I don't know what the finishing rate. I, I think it was around I think it was under thirty percent or so for the fifty k. One hundred seven finished the fifty k. Sixty nine finished the marathon. One hundred and ninety eight DNF'd and twenty six didn't start. There was about yeah. it was about three hundred seventy four that went out, but only. 170 something and, and if you looked at the times too nope. there were only like, like a handful of people under 10 hours or under 11 hours i think yeah a lot of them were within that last hour because i came in about 12 24 just on yeah. and i watched until like the last 57 56 minutes just people after people coming in like it was one of those kind of races where it was just down to the wire and like screaming people in within that that guy that came in with like 10 seconds to spare i'm like I'm crying because I'm like, oh my God, like, 
in the suffering now. So I understand how long it took them to get there. I came in at 1302 and, and that finish to me felt like finishing almost like finishing a hundred miler. I was screaming my head off for you, by the way. I oh, was thank you. I heard you screaming for Cole at the top of that Jeep road where it said a mile to go. And I seen those lights and I'm like, I got this. I got 20 minutes. And I ran a six pace for 20 minutes and it got to a sign that said another mile to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Jeep road hurt so bad. Just the impact on my body. I was just done with it. Dude, I run down that thing as, as fast as I possibly could. I hit the dirt at least five times. Yeah, yeah. I, I determined after the one fall, I wasn't falling again anymore the rest of the day. So I was so cautious. Yeah, well, that broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of broken hearts, and obviously this course is so rough. And you know, one of the one of the other aspects that's so tricky about this race is, I guess, with a normal ultra marathon. You have a GPX file. They'll show you the elevation. They'll show you the route. You don't get that here. Like, you're not getting the course map until, like, the night before the race. And it's drilling. It looks like a kindergartner wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at the map the night before. I just laughing. Like I said, I cannot read a map worth anything. And I'm seeing this this squiggle. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to even follow this? Like, I'm just going to follow somebody who sort of knows, but there was a lot of new people this year that had never run this race. Every time someone would say, Hey, is this your, you know, have you done this before? I said, no, have you? They're like, no. I like the two of the girls that I hooked up with at the bottom of Ratchaw. They were from Canada. This was their first year. And then more people that would, I think there was 12 of us that wound up kind of like helping each other and like just encouraging each other at Ratchaw and pushing each other. It was most of our, it was most of us were first timers and it was like, like nobody knew really where they were going except just following each other so <laughs> it's like oh shit eh well i guess canadians don't cuss they would just say sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> they, i looked at them i'm like i'm not going they're like yes you are get your ass up there i'm like oh okay i got you <laughs> sorry we climbed that prison wall and we went through that little tunnel thing you couldn't see anything in and i love the tunnel that, the tunnel's I, nice. There's old watching serial killer movies and like documentaries, and I'm like going through that tunnel. I'm like, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I just stay here. This is great. That's right. Jeffrey the clown is chilling in there. Oh, yes. I think Scott told me he laid down in the tunnel. No, right outside the tunnel when you uh, got out, there was a little outside. spot, and I, and I took a. Yeah, I laid there for a minute. There was a dude that 12. was. In the creek when I came out there, when he came out, he immersed. He looked like Jason Momoa, like immersing. His hair was long, and it was hair like water was going everywhere. And the girls that I was with, they're like, "Oh my god, he looks like Jason Momoa!" And they're like fangirling and everything. I'm like, "Yo, you keep going." <laughs> trail Jesus on the trail. Exactly, you're hallucinating. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess with that, like we should obviously just jump right into the course. How'd those first couple miles go from the start? Fast, because they're on the road at that point. You're running. I don't know where we ran to, but we were on the road for a while. And you just kind of have to get out in front of the Congo line. Yeah, so I think I think the way you designed it was to almost spread out the race early. We ran up a Jeep road um, for three and a half miles total from the start. It was like three and a half miles up to the uh, Tub Springs aid, aid station. And then we got on the bird mountain trail which is a lot of up and downs switchbacks 
Um, it's a nice trail, though, but it, it, it's a lot of climbing and descending. Blow yeah. you up early, especially if you think you're going to go fast. Yeah, it slows a lot of people down, those climbs. But then they get that big down. So the, a lot of people got a really, really good um, go from the top of Bird Mountain all the way down to the Yellow Gate and then to that first, well, second aid station, the one at the Ranger Station. Um, then from there, you climb Chimney Top and then come back down into... The fire tower, basically, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember that. I should know the names of these things by now, but anyway. It's that place where that thing is. That's my kind of description. Yeah, there you go. I'm <laughs> with you on that. That's a Barkley description. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a, it's a half mile. Right. It's all yeah. about the itch. Yeah, it's a half mile. It's going to take you two hours to get there, though. I was going to say <laughs> an hour and 20 to climb up Rat Jaw, and that was only seven, nine miles. Yeah, Rat Jaw is always... <laughs> Well, always. Yes, yeah, after- going down it was tough for me because the people were just like inching and they wouldn't get out of the way. <laughs> so we were going, I was going down it with a group and um, this one girl, she comes flying by. She's a newbie and she's just going down and she's like, where do I go? Where do I go? And I was just like, hey, you just keep going down. Just go down. <laughs> she's like, there's nowhere to go. I was like, you just go down. She comes to a spot and she's like, I think I'm going the wrong way. And there was no, like, cause you know how there's a little bit of a path that you can follow. There's yeah. no path, but I could see it pick up like 10 feet on the other side. I was like, Oh no, you just have to crawl. Yeah, there's <laughs> a tunnel. Mind blown. Like what? I just, what? Here? Yeah. Just go under them. Just go. I don't know why everybody right here has decided to climb under these for some reason. So this is what you got to do. They couldn't break through them. They were too thick. <laughs> so, so we crawled, we crawled, and then, you know, you get to the other side, and it's like, oh, there's a little path again. It's great. <laughs> yeah, how much crawling did you end up doing? All of it. There's a lot of crawling uphill. <laughs> it's there's just a lot all- of sliding downhill. Crawling. Sliding, crawling, trying to find roots, something to grab onto. Yeah, you grab onto all the all the uh, <laughs> the things you you know plant life you can on the way up, and also of course the uh, the dead power line that's on the ground on Rat Jaw. <laughs> I didn't know if we could grab that and like not get electrocuted, so I didn't use it going down, and I tried not to going up. There was this one guy I met in the porta potty line. We wound up kind of like going back and forth, like just chicken almost, or whatever you call it. And <laughs> so nice. He, I started sliding down because I just I had no power in my arms anymore to like pull myself up. So he let me use his foot to push off to keep climbing up a few times. He was super probably fifty. So I, I very chivalrous needed the help and then he we got to the to like one of those false summits on rat jaw and he was nearly puking so i gave him some salt that saved him so we kept calling each other our saviors because he saved me from sliding all the way back down rat jaw and having to climb back up again and i saved him from puking, so isn't that terrifying when you're climbing up any of those sections and you feel like you're just going to start sliding the wrong direction again <laughs> that would be so demoralizing to slide like 15 or 20 feet back where you just came from yeah. because there was nothing to climb yeah i lost about five feet on a going up testicle but it's so demoralizing it really is be positive it's character building yeah that's what it is sure <laughs> <laughs> With the joshua gray guy he he didn't make it i guess but 
I was going up Rat Jaw, and there was this guy, and I didn't know it was him. And he's from Florida, but he, he was up there. He, he was, he was, he was, he wasn't having a great time. I got the last, and then went up Bird Mountain, and then he passed me on the Cumberland Trail. And then once I, I was like, man, I'm doing my number, and good shape on Rat Jaw. <laughs> I saw so many people. Um, going through those climbs, any any three of the you know meth lab, rat jaw, testicle spectacle, I saw so many people sitting on the side of the trail, just looking like death, and <laughs> you want to help them. You could actually visually see their legs just like cramping. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I swear, I hope that doesn't happen to me. It's <laughs> carnage. Never I have, that was like, me on that was me on that um chimney top. <laughs> That was too early to be doing that, Scott. <laughs> I agree. What's that? It was too early to be cramping and be like writhing in agony on chimney top. That was yeah, so that's what happened. And then after I got over it, I was good. <laughs> it was weird. I'm like that. Like I cramp about mile twenty. What's that called? I said I wish I had some cramping or something. I don't have any. I didn't have any cramping issues. I think it's the heat training. You know, yeah, you're, you're just so fit. That keeps that away, but I had yeah, all kinds of other issues, though. Yeah. So that was the thing. My my biggest demise, which really wasn't a demise, like I I fueled the way um, Coach Lisa and Devona and I were talking about how to like fueling this like you know 150 to 180 calories an hour, but when you're doing that much physical exertion over that long amount of period of time, I I consumed probably. <laughs> and i probably burned 3500 and so it, it was almost just like a calorie deficient like i just lost energy it didn't matter how much i tried to put hard to put in when you're doing all that climbing and all that pressure on your stomach and you're just not want, trying not to vomit or anything like that anything you're putting in your body yeah i you know and all the times i've been out at barkley i always i always pack too much food in my vest because i don't really rely on the aid stations for food um <laughs> there i have i'm way too specific in what i eat now in my racing to to rely on a, an aid station i don't know what they're gonna have yeah no i i, I agree 100 percent um but you know i got i got to the point where i couldn't really stomach anything it's just and for me so i i just you just can't get dehydrated i mean if there's one thing you're gonna do you just gotta make sure you stay hydrated and yeah. so i focused on just trying to drink as much as possible you know take little sips like I, I was talking with scott and we were coming down bird mountain i had a liter and a half in my um hydration bladder and i had finished that off by the time we got to the ranger station now i couldn't refill it because it wasn't open but um i mean that's what you, you know and i i focused on having a calorie drink in there too so i had some martin um and you know you quite a few calories from that so it keeps you getting some calories and staying hydrated you know when you can't when you can't eat that's all you can really hope for i definitely i definitely hydrated i did about 150 ounces of water and i i think i should have taken i usually do guroctane the the new flavor that strawberry hibiscus but i didn't take any i should have probably put some in like a bag and just sip that because that's a lot it's like 250 calories i think mm -hmm. yeah which is incredible probably would have helped but i being newbie i'm like oh made salt tabs will be perfect you know that'll be my electrolyte i won't have to carry as much else on me yeah that way but i think hindsight's foresight and i think next time it would definitely be helpful just to take a, a bag of it and just pour it in and 
keep up that way. And I w- I got to say the aid stations, the the volunteers that they get out there, the Coalfield football team, they're so awesome. Like that, the, the greatest, the greatest volunteers that that um, that I've encountered at aid stations. When I got to the first, well, the second one, the ranger station, Scott saw my hands. They were covered in blood, covered in blood. And I was trying to get my hydration bladder open, and I couldn't get it open. Those kids came right over, and they didn't care. There was blood all over my <laughs> pack. They just were trying to open it. And actually, they did get it open, and we got some water in at that time. It was the, the next aid station yeah. where it was just completely jammed. It would never open again. But, you know, I... I I can't thank them enough for just diving right in and just whatever they could do to help. Well, out there at the end of uh, the craziness, that John Kelly guy was out there and they had Coke and everybody was raving about the Coke. I haven't drank Coke in 15 years, and especially not with sugar. And I had like three of them at that aid station. That got me back up all that mess. Oh, that's <laughs> that Coke I, saved my I, life. I don't like Coke at all, but that I, I had cups of it and a fruit cup of fruit punch when we got there and it was amazing yeah it, it brought me back to life those guys really they kept saying oh there's pizza there's pizza and everybody i'm i don't like pizza it makes me want to throw up but mm-hmm. out there they were out of pizza and everybody in my pack they were devastated they're like we wanted pizza and there's no pizza it's like yo you got to keep going but- <laughs> i've seen three people come with pizza i'm like i think i could eat that because i i had 14 pounds of food my Best, and I didn't eat none of it. <laughs> I had a bag of peanut butter that busted open. I ate some of that, and I was eating them little kind bars they had. Those yeah, things actually I got, worked. I got to tell you, when we when we took off running, when uh, when we first started, and we were together. There was somebody that was you were ahead of me, and there was somebody that was like just just off my left shoulder, and your pack was like swaying around on you. And they go, <laughs> they looked at you, and they go, he overpacked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like, I, I, mean, I, I had a little chuckle. I was rocking that race because I, oh, I had like three. I had a liter and a half in the bag I never touched. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you live and learn. Yeah, and that's like the crazy thing with either coming back to life or the crazy course conditions. How did you feel like at the halfway point, or did it ever feel like halfway, or just you know never end? Never. Yeah, you don't know where you're at. All you know is you got certain amount of time to get to the next spot (laughs) that's exactly what i how i was going because it tahoe kind of conditioned me for that when my watch malfunctioned and i didn't have a watch the entire race at tahoe and all i need what i did was i just needed to know what time of day it is i need to know and i need to know when the cutoff is that's all i need to know and a lot of people around me i think that really mentally messed with them too because they are so used to they're so data driven like it, all of us are like we're all data driven like we need to know our splits we need to know this we need to know this but barkley doesn't give you that you get a unicorn watch if that's what you go buy at walmart with your kids or something like that but you just need to know the time of day you just need to keep moving and yeah i mean it really messed with a lot of them i think but i enjoyed not having a watch it is so much nicer. There's so much not, I guess, less pressure at that point. You can enjoy yourself. You're not, you're not thinking about what the paces are, how many miles left. You're not worried about none of that. You're just there to get it done. Right. And that's the thing. I know if I would have known my pace, if I would have seen myself crawling at four per mile, <laughs> morally devastated me. I would not 
it continues like this is horrible like i'm gonna i'm not gonna make it so <laughs> going and winning dumb and happy and it's great you enjoy yourself. yeah that's what i love about barkley because i am glued to splits in my normal running you know road running Your road I'm, running yeah i am absolutely bad. like you know five <laughs> seconds a mile is a is a tragedy <laughs> i know but with barkley with barkley it's great because i just i i do i break it into i look at that map once i get the map and i and i break it into pieces and when i get to a certain point i i know that i'm done with the race i could have 10 miles left but i know i'm finished because if i'm you know if i stay ahead of the cutoffs which so far i've been lucky enough to do um you know like this year once i got to the top of rat jaw I pretty much knew unless I totally screwed this thing up, I'm going to finish one way or the other. Um, That's what's cool about it though, because you're not really, you're not really looking at your time per mile. You're not looking at any of that. You're just moving through it and getting through whatever section you're on one piece at a time. Exactly. You you definitely break it down by sections. And once you get through that section, you section. And so even, even on rat jaw, you know, there's, a few different spots where you get a little a little reprieve like and i know you guys were coming back up it you're you're uh, there's a there's a trail that cuts through and there, there was a guy there with the dog yeah. and, the, and the the ranger well the dog comes over and i'm refilling my bottles and the dog's like coming over and he's licking my knees and i don't know why it was just a great it was a great little moment for me i was like oh this is wonderful you know dog licking my knees i'm just kind of standing here in the middle of who knows where in tennessee on a mountain and I got to go back into these briars, but you know, I, you get, you get little, you get little breaks here and there. I was with six ladies and, her, um, she wound up like we, we, I think it was like a quarter mile. I think it was that trail that you said kind of cuts through rat jaw and then you got to go up another half mile. Yeah. We, uh, she stood, she looked up the, the hill and she said, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm running low on water. And I don't know what that did her. I think it's whatever it did, it sent her into a full blown panic attack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Her into a full-blown asthma she didn't have a, didn't have an inhaler nobody mm-hmm. inhalers. so like luckily she had her this attack this asthma attack where she had it because the medical people were there the people yeah. the cart were there like there was the rangers there like she could not have the universal line like it picked she picked the best spot to have this attack grabbed just like a, a ziploc bag and just stuck it she fell backwards somebody had like, almost if she she would have knocked herself out had some two women not caught her and like they stuck the the bag on her face and like got her breathing right. It was it was an ordeal. Like it was probably six or seven minutes to get her. Like it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Like I've never seen that that happen. And when you're already in, when you're already climbing up Ratchall, like emotionally just destroyed, you see that happen. You're like, holy crap! What? Yeah, it's like so I read about her. She just died and almost almost could have died in front of me. And here we are. Like, oh, we we get to go another half mile up Ratchall. This is great. <laughs> that was scary that was not something you want to experience when you're climbing back up ratchel but that happened a couple of the other ladies and i like they they pulled her they she'd be enough they wouldn't obviously medically let her go on after that but so the other girls and i looked at each other like okay well this one's for sherry we got to keep going so six went down to five and we just kept pushing but that was my my dog my my uh, my yeah that was not a good experience holy cow (laughs) Hey, that dog, Cole, he kissed yeah. me all on my face. I think that dog was there to lift people up because it did the same thing to me. 
I don't even, and I don't even like dogs. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't not like them. I don't like them, but I don't, I'm like, whatever. But yeah, it, it made me smile. I know that I needed it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice little break. I was like being a human again for a minute. <laughs> and then there was like a huge, like a hornet's nest right there on the trail too. Did you guys? I heard yeah. about that, but I didn't get stung. No, you know what? We Nobody got stung, but there, uh, a guy almost jumped on it. They're like, no, no, no. Dang. It was huge. They were, they were swarming us when we were waiting to see how Sherry would pull out of her asthma attack. They were kind of hanging out. Or, I'm, I was swatting about three of them off of me, but I didn't wind up getting stung at all. So I looked out. Yeah, there's so many there's so many yellow jackets and things on, on Ratjaw and those other off-trail sections. I'm surprised that I haven't ever been attacked but i don't think i've ever been stung by anything on any of those sections i had something that i tried to i think it it didn't get in i felt something maybe it was an ant but it's like it stung for a second but went away yeah and speaking of sections i mean i finally at some point you're you're going to be coming in right to the end of your final section but how did how did that final stretch go for you I have a great time because I got to that aid station with a minute to spare. And at that point, they're like, yeah, it's just downhill from here, literally. And in a good way, not like in a bad way. No, no, you didn't have to run any more ups. I'd say that was probably five miles. I think they kept saying three miles, but it was definitely five because it took me uh, 50 minutes to get it. And I know I was bombing pretty quick down the because I love running downhill. I love to go fast. And that was like one of the only spots that entire day I could actually just open up and run. And at that point, I knew I had an hour and 50 minutes to cover whatever distance that was. And it wasn't that long of a distance. So I was extremely ecstatic because, you know, that entire day you're put, I, and for me, I've never been one to push cutoffs. I've just, you know, that's never been something for me. I was pushing cutoffs the entire day. And of course I missed the 50 K I never saw Laz on course because by that point it was just going to be a marathon finish. And then you get to the point, you get to the prison aid station going, you know, going back. I only had six minutes to spare. I'm like, okay, I got to refill water. I, there was no time for downtime at all. Like you couldn't screw around at any of the aid stations. You just had to keep going. And after all of just like, for me, it was more of just mental agony. Just like, I'm not a quitter, but I want to quit, but I can't quit. I just got to keep moving, but I don't want to keep moving. That bus looks amazing. It's just, just, just pure torture at that point. So when I finally got back up at Ratchaw and I finally got up to the top of the fire tower, I'm like, we got this. Like the, the guys and the girls that I was with, like I looked, I'm like, dude, we've got this. And so we just started bombing. They're like, come on, don't waste time. We still got to get to that aid station at 630. And so we all bombed it. And like, I think we were more hooping and some of us, aka me, were crying because like, you're going that entire day. Like you're just thinking, I'm I'm gonna DNF. I'm gonna DNF. I'll take the DNF, but they're gonna pull me off this course. But I don't want to DNF. I want to be able to see how far I push myself. It, this was probably one of the most painful ways to prove that. But knowing that, and knowing that I can do it now, it's it's limitless. That was that's basically been auto. I'm just you know, there's no limit. So for me, it was really satisfying to, to finish that race. Um, because I'm not one that I've never fought with, with, with cutoffs or, you know, thinking I'm not going to finish the race in time. It hasn't been something I had to deal with, but my day was just from the beginning falling on the, on that first 
section and tearing up my hands is something that and I took a big rock to my hip and my shoulder was feeling kind of funky and then getting to that first aid the, the first aid station after the fall so the second aid station getting there and then my my hydration bladder won't open we got it open I got some water the guy was going to pull me from the race because he couldn't bandage me but then we got bandaged and then Scott and I go up chimney top and then Scott cramped and then we get to and then I get to the next aid station and my hydration bladder will not open and I I found the, the biggest guy I could find at the aid station the biggest football player I could find and I was like hey can you pull this open and he's pulling on one side but I'm pulling on the other and it will not open I'm sitting there thinking to myself if I can't get any fluid there's no way I can go down rat jaw and I can't I can't finish this course without some fluid on me so you know I could have quit I I thought I was gonna have to quit there but luckily a guy another runner that was there at the aid station told me to take a soft flask out of his um, pack that he had because he brought three he only needed two but he brought an extra one in case something happened to the one that he had so I took that and I took an Aquafina bottle from that aid station and those were my my little saviors for the rest of the day. And kind of once I'd gone through all that and still survived, you know, kept pushing section by section, I determined that I, you know, had to finish. But then I was sitting there fighting, you know, getting close to 13 hours. And I'm going, man, you know, if if I see another one of these signs that says I have a mile to go and it's actually <laughs> two or three, then I'm not going to make it. And you get, you get coming down the Cumberland Trail and – you come off that Jeep road and you're now on a single track again, but you're winding around and you can hear the finish for like half an hour. Probably you hear people finishing and keep thinking I'm almost there. I'm almost there. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I'm walking it in basically jogging a little bit towards the last mile. And I come across another runner who comments, what, how are you still running? you know, this far in. And I said, well, because I want to finish, you know, and you should come with me. Why don't you run too? So this guy starts jogging with me a little bit and then it gets, he's got a headlamp, but I'm in front of him and I can't see a thing anymore. So, you know, like I said earlier, I, with like less than half a mile to go, I reluctantly stop and put my headlamp on, but that finish felt so good. Like that was one of my, you know, of all the races that I've run, finishing, I think finishing the Keys 100 probably is the only one that, that was a little more satisfying than that. But it's right up there. It's right up there with anything I've done. Um, just because I've been through so much that day and had so many chances to quit. And normally, on a trail race, I, I'll quit, you know, because I don't like being out there anyway. <laughs> so i think i got i think it made me a little bit more you know a little more mentally tough i I think i gained something from it and being that it was my slowest of my four finishes at barkley it's the one i'm most proud of though yeah well you you've done a lot and if that's one of your most proud moments i mean you've done some big things it really is that that um (laughs) You got that. I'm surprised when I see you coming back up. When I was going down, I think that meth lab. I was like, there he is, because I was like, where's he at? Where's he at? I was like, I hope he didn't drop. Because yeah. I seen Aaron at the prison. She said he's, but 
that was you know when you you were already ahead of me oh yeah he just left you can catch him i'm like i don't think i can catch him (laughs) my my hand was in so much pain like just throbbing all day long i bet you know you kind of you kind of lose sight of that then when i finished though i was just terrified to take that bandage off like what Mm -hmm. underneath you know, and it, <laughs> it didn't look good. It was mangled. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my story. I got a good one. I'll start from... I'm running from the fire tower down to the decision point where you can go 26 or you can go for the 50K. And I had like, I, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes to get there. And it was like two and a half miles or maybe 25 minutes. And I, I, there's this guy, Bram, 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 I think Bram. Bram. And I, and I finally called him, and we were all day back and forth, me, cold, all these guys. We've seen each other a couple times. And I said, hey, are we gonna, we're not going to make the 50K. He's like, hell yeah, we are. He said, that's what we came for. I'm like, man, we, got, we ain't got enough time. He said, yeah, you do. He said, just keep running. So I, I just turned the jets on, and I ran as fast as I could. I was probably running like a seven pace. Down. I held the Laz. I got the Laz. I had three minutes left. And uh, he didn't ask me anything. He just said he clipped my bib. He asked for my headlamp. And he said, hardest 10K of your life, boy. You better get moving. That's what he said. I said, okay, yes, sir. And I went on up, and I run the hard road like Cole said pretty fast as I could until it starts getting a little steep towards the end. And then you go up Bird Mountain, and that was 14 switchbacks, but I think it's three miles, two and a half miles to the top, and I got halfway up, and it turned into Cramp City and trying not to throw up and just taking my time. As soon as I got to the top of Bird Mountain, which I think it's two and a half miles, and it took me an hour and a half, probably an hour and 15 minutes. That's when uh, Joshua Gray kind of passed me, and we're on the Cumberland Trail. And then it flattened out and started going downhill a little bit, and that's when I picked up speed. And he kept saying, when we see the Jeep road, we're there. When we see the Jeep road, you're there. And I'm like, all right. And I finally hit the Jeep road. Well, at this point, it's starting to get dark, so I hadn't pulled my light out. It, It wasn't completely dark, but it was getting there. And then once I got to the Jeep road, there's a sign that says one mile to go. You're there. And you, you can hear the crowd from that point. You can see the lights. You can hear it. It's right there. You can taste it. And now it's downhill on the worst eight-up road you can think of. When they call it a Jeep road, it's like eight-up on purpose. It's just two, three-foot drops everywhere. And I'm running down this thing as fast as I possibly can. And, and I'm telling you, I had 20 minutes when it said one mile to go. And I'm like, I got this. I can get there in 10 minutes. I know I can. And I... I I, I know I was running the seven pacer faster. I was cruising down this thing and I was at like 12 minutes. I'm like, I've probably run two miles by now. And then you see the lights and they're even closer and the, the crowd's getting louder and louder and louder. And then there's some headlights in the, in the trail and you're like, that's gotta be it. And as soon as you get there, they got a side by side park in the middle of the road. And there's another sign that says something like feel the burn just one more mile to go. And it pointing to the left away from the lights in the crowd and up the mountain (laughs) and and i mean that when i say up it wasn't bad but i just come down as fast as possible and 
my heart broke right there because I knew I had done went like at least two miles and it said one mile and then here's another mile and I'm like, you sucker. And I caught like three or four people going down there. But and then I got lost out there on that last little I don't know, it's like a mile and a half when it says a mile. And I got lost like three times. If if I could have run that and didn't get lost, I probably would have finished with like four or five minutes over not I, I still wouldn't have finished in time but i ended up with like a 1336 i think so 16 or 17 minutes over but i walked probably half a mile just pretty much pretty probably i wasn't crying but i was right on the edge of it you know i was i was pretty defeated and you know the next day i realized somebody uh, it was amy ray said something you covered the distance that's all that matters you know time refrain she said something to me snapped me out of it and then we went on back to the hotel well we got an airbnb and i went with al alberto vargas he's a cool dude and um here's a end of the race story we get home my phone's dead, and the Airbnb code's in my phone. And, I'll, and the cord <laughs> in the Airbnb. So we had to drive like 45 minutes, find a store to get a cord to charge my phone. Oh, it was a debacle, <laughs> but we ended up getting in there. So it was a fun night. Uh, that, that's a really cool dude. I really like Albert. He's a good guy. <laughs> but that, you know, I covered the distance. I didn't do it in the time frame so i got the dnf but i'm gonna go back and i know what i gotta do now i've already started i gotta get these legs ready to go up like straight up not not like hills <laughs> it's a different kind of up <laughs> do a bunch of weighted sled pulls that helps if you don't have hills down there to train on yeah i i have some hills but i i, I got i went and bought one of the maxi climbers like the next day and, and it, <laughs> it, it, it wears it wears out the same things that were that were cramping so it must be the right muscle group <laughs> <laughs> well hey i mean all three of you you could at least cross that finish line heck yeah yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's Are you waiting, waiting on a yeah? <laughs> I'm like, eh, 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 I crossed yeah, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we finished. <laughs> we finished something. We for we, sure. we, we, one way or another. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's, it's an awesome experience. It, it, it's something if you need to challenge yourself, you definitely need to check it out. I mean, and, and I'll say, I'll say as someone who's been there multiple times, it, um, it gets better um, the more you go back. And I mean that in a way like it's cool because you, you kind of, you know, you know what you're getting into a little bit, but there's going to be a little twist because it's never going to be the same thing twice, obviously. Um, but you, you start to see some of the same people um, and, and you have some of the same experiences that you've had out there before. And it it's... Um, it's better the more you go back. So I encourage you, return, do it again, get the 50K finish. Um, you know it. I know you can. But Has like, the drawing started happening yet? What's that? Has the drawing started happening yet, I guess, from the lottery? Um, no. I don't think so. I, no. I, I put in for it. I swear I haven't. I wasn't going to, but after this, it's like, damn it. I'm going to have to now. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> you should. You should. You should. You'll be all right. It's, and it's not like a running race. It's a 
Have him walking up a mountain race. <laughs> you, you finished harder things before. I'm just going to throw my name in the hat again. It's like, damn it. I don't want to, but here we go. I think from like last year, I think like a and, week or uh, two after Biggs is when he starts picking people. You'll, you'll get in because honestly, like if you just hang out on that wait list long enough, I feel like most people have a good chance of getting people start dropping like flies. Oh, they mm-hmm. dropped so quick this year. It went from like 500 to like 398. I'm like, what is happening? It's it's when people start to really think about what they're getting into, I think they they get a little um, afraid and drop out. Because, you know, I, I do it every year. Every single year leading into this thing, if I'm signed up for it, I'm like, why am I? No, I'm just going <laughs> to drop out. I can, like, I can stay home. <laughs> I can just you know, go run on the road, whatever. This doesn't fit into my training plan anyway, because it never does. Um, you know, I'm training for a marathon. Why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but, you know, most of the time I end up going. Yeah, you said you weren't going back ever again at the beginning of the race. I did say that. Did. <laughs> you I signed said, up right when you first I said four would be enough. But somebody said, no, you need five. And I said, that's stupid. I don't need five. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going for five. <laughs> well, I, I I had such a bad day out there. I have to have a better day. Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, I have to keep up. With, if I can keep up to the top of chimney top with you, I can hang with you the rest of the day. I just got to be able to get to the top of chimney top. I got to figure out how to go downhill, and I'll I'll be a, a different a different person out there. Yeah, because Cole left me at like mile two. We ran probably two miles together, and we were going up, and he just he kept on booking. But then when we started going down, I caught up with him. And then he left me again on the up, but I couldn't. I just couldn't handle it. So. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's the thing with Dollar You always say, oh, I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> there you are. At least one, two, three years later, you're, you're, you're back. You're back. <laughs> I still show up out there on the boulevard with this guy, and he's way out of my league, but that's what makes you better. <laughs> hey, if there's yeah. big debris piles laying in your neighborhood, good Barkley training, just run right through them. There you go. <laughs> just, just done right I told you you need, to come, you need to come out to the concrete yard, and we can run up and down concrete piles with rebar in them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that sounds like Barkley training, too, actually. I, I did it a couple times. I'm like, oh, this is pretty sketchy. Yeah, hey, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge the Barkley course. <laughs> Why don't you just start climbing trees? That's the best training, honestly. It's what you want. It might be. Yeah, that's not really a bad I did, idea. I did a bunch of yard work, like, leading up to the to the race. And I honestly thought about that yard because I hated it. I was planting plants and removing plants and planting new plants and digging holes and everything else. And um, I thought about that when I was on course. I was like, remember doing all that crappy yard work? This is kind of the same thing. Just keep climbing. I had the same gloves on, so it was all, you know, seemed seemed reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, y'all, this is awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Word. <laughs> Word. Word. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. See ya. All right. See ya. And there we have it for the 2022 Barkley Fall Classic. Melody, Scott, 
Cole, what an absolutely wild time out there in Frozen Head State Park. No GPS, no hand-holding. You really don't know the course until you have to do it. You've just got to survive. you just got to grind it out. Heck yeah. So hey, until next time, happy trails.